Okay. Give it a few seconds. What's up, party people? This is Alex Waltz. Today I'm here with... Nick Gregory. <laughs> and you are listening to Bitcoin Reservations. Nick, what's happening, my man? Thanks for having us. Who, who, who is us? Do you have some? Do you have like ten people in the background, like, like just just crouching down there and also participating? Well, I'm plural, you know. I'm a big man in the industry. Oh, <laughs> okay, okay, fair enough, fair enough. Okay, that makes sense. That makes sense. Yeah, there's been uh, it's been kind of crazy what's happening lately. Uh, people are, got really excited. Uh, there was a double spend, which theoretically should not even be possible on the Bitcoin network. Um, there was some other fud. Uh, the price uh, took a dip a bit, and that probably scared a few people. But anyway, let's not talk about serious stuff. Let me, I want to share my screen. I want to talk about a meme that we have here. Let's see. How do you do this? Um, this one here. All right. Can, can you see the meme? Yeah. So anyway, so for the people who may be listening, the, this meme is, <laughs> is it, it says like this. When she knows you huddle Bitcoin starter pack. And there's a few women who are who are in the process of tying up their hair, you know. So, yeah. yeah. What do you think about this, Nick? Not seen it. Um, not getting it. Maybe you're gonna have to explain it to me. I'm not, I'm probably not the most hippest guy on the planet. So. What, what do you mean what, you're not? Like, you don't get a, the meme? No, not at all. Are you serious? Is it yeah. is it something to do about being a Bitcoin hodler and getting attractive women? It's about she's gonna. Do you know like when you're Dude, like, where's the last time you got your dick sucked? You don't have to answer that. But anyway, <laughs> but anyway, anyway look, okay. what's happening there is pretty... Don't you know, like, when you're with a girl and she's, like, you know, she, she, she's tying up her hair because she's going to suck your dick and whatever, and, and that's what it is. It's like, when she hears that, she just, like, gets on it. But the meme is even more funny because it's Alexandria something, Cortez there also. She's the, the center of the meme, you know? So she's famous, yeah? She's, like, a congresswoman or something like that. Jesus. Congresswomen yeah. look like her? She, she is pretty attractive, yeah. She's pretty okay, I, I'm just thinking of like MPs in the UK and I'm not thinking that picture. Yeah, I don't even know. I, I don't know. Yeah, she's kind of one. No, she's, she's, I think she's a bit more like very social justice warrior-y and stuff like that. So okay. yeah. But anyway, this meme is great because, you know, um, there's also this other meme that people talked about, like when Bitcoin reaches moon, everyone gets girlfriends. So, you know, I think this is pretty accurate. <laughs> okay, that, that, okay. I have to say this meme is pretty accurate. Did you experience anything from this meme, like something like this, or no? No, I mean, I think I'm... You remember I told you I have no Bitcoin, or very little, so... <laughs> but, dude, it's not about... One second, it's not about having Bitcoin. No one has Bitcoin. It's yeah. about using the, the idea of having Bitcoin to get women. That's what it's about, you know? So what does that mean? Does that mean I, I walk around the streets with my... I'm a Bitcoiner shirt, and... Well, I, does it mean I have to drive around with a Lamborghini with the Bitcoin logo? How does that equate to this? Well, first of all, Lamborghini would get you women. Like, that's pretty okay. obvious. I don't think there's okay. any doubt about that. Um, I have an electric scooter. You have an electric <laughs> yeah, I could put a Bitcoin sticker on there, maybe. I don't know if that would work. I don't know how. I mean, <laughs> is it at least one of those cool ones? Does it just oh, it's, 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 it's the big one. It's, it's got a 350 watt engine. It's not one of the small ones. It's not one of the, the basic ones. Okay, okay. You may get, maybe you get something like you get a girl that, I don't know. Uh, but, but okay, let me ask you this. But isn't it illegal to drive one of those in London? Uh, it's, it's dubious. <laughs> it's dubious. Yeah, I mean, the police don't, I mean, my experience, I'll probably get stopped after this, but the police, as so long as you're not being, you know, misbehaving, the police don't do much. I mean, that would presume that 
someone is listening to this podcast, which is yeah. a really big reason. Which it will. I, I believe in you. I believe you're going to rekindle that uh, Bitcoin uncensored cult, cultness about Bitcoin podcasts. Yeah, but that's going to happen like 100 episodes after this and no one is going to, someone is going to dig this episode years yeah. from now. You'll be you iconic won't. though. <laughs> well, I don't want to be fucking iconic. I want to be known right now. Fuck being iconic in the, in the past, you know. We'll try and get her on your show. I think she'll attract a few people. I mean, I would like to, you know, I would like to get some women on the show, but I don't know women. <laughs> you know, I'm trying to say. You don't so, know women. You're not using the, your your Bitcoin you know, prosperity to, to attract them. No, not not really. I mean, you know, what? fuck it. I'll be honest with you. That worked so many so many times for me. Mm-hmm. It worked so many times. I don't want to get into details because it's not nice, but it works so many times. And I, I think you, right now, I, I'd rather like not because even, now people presume you're rich even more than before, like when yeah. it's at 40K. And it's even if it's the, the best, uh, even if a woman has the best intentions and whatever, I think when people think you're rich, like really rich, I've noticed it shapes their, the way they interact with you. And, mm-hmm. and, and, and it starts off a really weird base for someone, even if you want to like, you know, um, get with them. So I don't know about that, but yeah. Yeah, I just, I mean, if I meet, I mean, I'm probably having a break. I think, you know, I've had, I have a few ex-wives, so I'm just, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm just an IT guy these days, yeah. Yeah, you, it's funny how, it's, it's crazy actually you have a few ex-wives. They're just so fucking crazy to me. But it adds yeah. up to this whole, like, being a bit of a bowler type thing, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, it gets complicated once you have a family and stuff, I would say. Once you have children and stuff, it's not, it's not something, yeah, it's complex. It's complex. Yeah, I, I could imagine, I could imagine, yeah. Well, I don't know. Well, you know, like, um, I would also, I would really wish that there wasn't, wasn't this lockdown right now because there would have been some crazy parties going on because everyone would have been partying right now. And I think I would, I would just want to see people, how crazy they go. You know what I've noticed? There is a lot of, I don't know, that a lot of people you could tell this is the first time in their life they get a lot of money mm-hmm. and it's nothing wrong with that. But they, you could tell, and they do some crazy things because they need to figure out what it means, you know. To well, then maybe, maybe it's a good thing. I mean, we all know the stories about lottery winners who go bankrupt. Maybe, you know, there's not much to spend your money on, really. To be honest, I mean, if if you've made money in Bitcoin this year, what, what can you do? Yeah, I mean, you know, exactly. What can you are gonna buy more stuff off Amazon and like what fill your <laughs> yeah. house with with yeah. more computers and stuff? Like, what are you gonna do? No, that's very valid. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's crazy what's happening with a lot of winners. You know what? I think it's the same thing that happens with rich kids. Um, it really helps to be able to like to work your way towards having money because there's a lot of lesson to be learned from that. And I, you know, that's why I think mm-hmm. people should lose their Bitcoin. And I think they should spend them because you learn a few lessons. And then when you get to that point, you kind of see things a bit different, you know? Yeah, I think managing money is a skill just as, you know. It takes skill to manage it. I mean, that's why, that's why people have family offices when they become exceptionally wealthy. It's, but I still think, you know, but managing Bitcoin is a skill. Let's be honest. I mean, the, if someone's got a considerable amount of Bitcoin, whatever you mean, you have choices. Do you keep it in an exchange? Do you keep it cold storage? Do you, do you sell it? All three of those are not easy and they come with risk. Yeah, and, and the storing one just have its own set of specific risks and whatever. Before you used to have a certain type of counterparty risk, but now you have... I mean, how do you even measure the, the risk with, with this thing, with all, with all these solutions and whatever, and multi-sigs and all these things? I think none of them are obvious. None of them, you know, I, I tend to, and it's different for certain people. I mean, I don't think for a lot of people keeping a certain amount of Bitcoin on a piece of paper and a, a little USB stick ledger is, 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 is optimal, really, let's be clear. You know, there's human risks there as well. And it, 
And uh, you know, the more complicated the, the backend storage system that you design, more potential you know, for human error. I mean, multi-sig potentially has elements of human error there. There's more moving parts. I think it's, it's not obvious for every, everybody. No, I'm 100% agreeing with you. Like, look, I'll be honest with you. I remember the first time I used multi-sig. Of course, it didn't, it didn't get that much better, by the way, since, since uh, then. Mm -hmm. It's very confusing, and it's, mm -hmm. it's, just, it's just clunky. It's very clunky to use. And a lot of people don't understand that. For some people, it, it, it re as sacrilegious as this sounds, it is better to hold out an exchange. It really mm -hmm. will be better for them, you know? Yeah, I mean, f f you know, close friends and family of mine who are not technology people or not even have, you know, technical acumen, I tell them to leave on an exchange. I say, you know, does your exchange have cold storage? Do that. And, and what we're seeing, I think a lot of the people buying crypto right now or buying Bitcoin, are, they're, they're, they're buying things like GBTC. They're, they're, they're buying... They're buying products which don't involve private keys. Yeah, and again, but I would say I would say um, the hardware wallets are getting a lot better. I've, I've, this week, for some reason, a friend of mine who works in a VC, he showed you know he's looking at investing in a few companies, and the the, the hardware maybe it's because of this bull run, but some of the hardware wallets were they're not the ones that me and you used a few years ago. Put it that way, they were much more intuitive. Did multi sig out of the box. There is there is movement in that that space of the world. Yeah. Can you name some of those ones? Um, I could get it wrong. One looked like a Nokia phone called Foundation something. I know that one, yeah. And the other one was Engrave, maybe. Yeah. Based in Belgium. It was based in Belgium, Engrave. That, that was like the creme de la creme, it seemed. I, I don't know the, the second one you talked about, but the one that looks like a Nokia phone, and it has two batteries behind it, right? Yes, yeah, so that's Foundation, isn't it? Yeah, I'm yeah. curious how that one works. I'm also very curious myself. I don't know, but it still feels to me like, you know, we're still out of... I feel like using addresses, it's like... It's like someone who would use Wireshark or something today. You mm -hmm. know, just the fact that we're still using addresses, I think we're still very, very behind. And, uh, and even though those hardware wallets, because a lot of people, when they build products, they act like this is it, this is happening, mm -hmm. you know? So I think th that alone could probably just simplify the process. Mm -hmm. For sure. But I want to know. Anyway, what else do we, do we have around here? Let's see. Uh, let's close this one. I was expecting a bit more of a reaction from this meme, but anyway. Um, so a few days ago, uh, I, I'm, I'm sitting around, you know, in my underwear, and uh, okay. well, descriptive, you know, I'm sitting. I'm in my underwear right now. Do you want me to? to, to anyway, <laughs> so I'm sitting in my underwear, and I don't know. Someone posts on Telegram this link from GitHub that already they decided to remove the Bitcoin one paper mm -hmm. from the website, from BitcoinCore.com or that work anyway, and. Um, Cobra uh, went and commented there and he says like, well, hang on now, what's happening? And what ended up being the issue was that um, Craig Wright, I think they sent him some, he sent a bunch of letters all around and, and said that he owns the copyright to the Bitcoin white paper and they should take it down. Now, the, the thing is, first of all, the Bitcoin white paper was released by Satoshi under the MIT license. Mm -hmm. And for people who don't know what that means, that means that if you write if you write a document and you put that on it on the internet and you say it's open, it's MIT licensed, legally it means that no one can own it or can enforce anything against you. <laughs> and Satoshi did this. Now Craig Wright, a few a while ago, about a year ago, he applied for a patent with the patent office around 2019. And and if we had applied for a patent right now, the two of us uh, for I don't know for green underwear or something they would have to like acknowledge that we applied for the patent. 
Mm-hmm. That doesn't mean we own the patent, right? So that's what happened with this with this thing. And they even went so far because a lot of people were getting weird. And they clarified that this doesn't mean he has the patent or something like that. Or there's nothing endorsed or it doesn't belong to him. There's no copyright mm-hmm. or anything. And uh, I, th- I think he used the same thing there to bully the, um, the developers. Mm-hmm. And this caused a, b- a lot of commotion. What do you think about this? Um, I think BSV or whatever, I think the client they're working on is starting to look a bit like a ghost chain. And this is just a publicity and... It seems like the developers kind of overreacted by taking the paper down, but this yeah. is just a storm in the keep, teacup. To be honest, I mean, it, I didn't read about it. To be honest, I saw it on Twitter or something, and I just didn't think it was worth paying attention. It just seems like an overreaction and a bit of attention that doesn't mean anything. Yeah, I think you're very right. I think what he said, he's mm-hmm. like, look, if I do this, people are gonna talk about it, and out of a million mm-hmm. people that lo- that looked at this, there's gonna be the ten suckers or whatever that I can make mm-hmm. money off or get attention. Mm-hmm. But what do you think, though, the fact that I think the guy, I don't remember the, the guy's name who, who, who first posted and said this, but I think he was a bit scared, right? And I think he also tweeted afterwards that, look, I'm okay with working for Bitcoin, but I don't want to be martyred, right? Mm-hmm. And I think I'll be honest with you, I think I would have done the same thing. Like, let's mm-hmm. see what I've been in his shoes. What would you have done? Would you have I, taken I, it down or whatever? I'd have ignored it. I mean, I, I tend to ignore most things emailed at me, I guess. So okay. was, I've just learned the last few years to ignore most of the noise. Okay, okay, yeah. I think they, they got a bit scared. But the, the, the thing is that um, also what was interesting is that this kind of caused a bit of like division in the community because some people were like, yeah, it's okay what you did. I would have done the same thing, da 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 But some people were like, you're fucking cars. You could have waited at least a few hours, you know? And... I think this is interesting and this shows even more that Bitcoin Core runs on goodwill mm-hmm. and it doesn't run on a lot of incentives. Because in the ideal case, you would have had someone who also contributes to Core, which is kind of absurd to presume, and also knew how to handle this situation. You know, like had some... Well, it's not... I mean, what, what, what is Core? I mean, I think one of the concept, misconceptions is that there's some entity called Core. I mean... Anyone is Bitcoin Core, so I, I, it's, it's a leaderless organization. I mean, I don't think you can even call it an organization. You know, anyone who wants to contribute and be part, partake in it is Bitcoin Core, and I think that's maybe one of the misconceptions sometimes. Yeah, I sometimes hear that, you know, Bitcoin centralized because Bitcoin Core is a central planning committee. It's not exactly true. I mean, it's just a group of individuals that choose to contribute. Some of them are paid, some of them do it voluntarily. It's not. So leaderless, I mean, in a way, that's where Bitcoin kind of gets its strength. I think if there was a leader, you know, that guy would have a lot of, a guy or lady would have a lot of darts thrown at them. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's very true. But um, I, I, the thing is that there's going to be more situations like this and there should be a way to handle it. And, and you see that this is the, the biggest problem with open source project. There's coordination is really hard, human coordination. Yeah. And the thing is, most open source projects have a benevolent dictator. This is what's weird about Bitcoin. It doesn't. I mean, a few people have tried to become that over the last few years and failed badly, but it just doesn't have a dictator. It doesn't have a leader. And I think as new money comes into the space, institutions, I think they're going to struggle with that sometimes. Yeah, but that is very true. Bitcoin doesn't have, but but there's a difference between Bitcoin and Bitcoin Core, though. Bitcoin Core is a specific reference implementation. Yes. And I, I think... I think it. And first of all, let, let's let's call a spade a spade. There are some people who have more influence in that project specific than the others. Now, I don't want to call them dictators by no means because I don't think no. they are. But it just has to be like that. There has to be someone who merges the thing. Someone who you know what I'm trying to say. So there, there is a bit of that. The problem is that is I think it should be done even a bit more. That that's what I feel because it gives a certain direction to the project. You know. 
but you know. Yeah, I mean, there's a history in that in Bitcoin, like the, the Bitcoin Foundation, obviously Segwit 2x, and then you had Bitcoin XT client. I just think because of the history, that will never happen. Well, not in the foreseeable future. Yeah, well, you know what? But the thing is that at the end of the day, you have situations like this, which they don't know how to react to. And the, first, mm-hmm. the, the, the other situation that I can remember that was like this is the racist variable. Do you remember that? The what? The racist variable. Oh, yeah. That was about six months ago, was it? Yeah, the, the thing with blacklist and whatever I was saying. Yeah. Now, look, here's the thing. That, that's, for, for me, I think that's just outrageous. I, I can't even, like, first of all, that's such an American thing, right? Like, mm-hmm. the rest of the world doesn't even have issues like this with, with <laughs> words, first of all, and even especially with black and whatever. And that, again, I don't think that's like a, a bad word or something. It's a fucking mm-hmm. word. So the thing is that, you see, you're, you're, we're going to have more problems like this, and Core will not know how to handle them. Mm-hmm. But that's why I just I'm just expecting sooner uh, sooner to have a, a competitor to the reference implementation. I really do. Mm-hmm. I don't think so, but <laughs> let's, 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 I just think there's a history where there has been. I mean, look, there's been alternative versions of Bitcoin. I mean, I funny enough, I actually got into Bitcoin when um, Bitcoin J came out because at the time I was mainly writing software in Java and I couldn't wasn't really interested in anything written in C That faded. You had the, the Golang implementation, which ended up becoming, was it the Informer guys? But then that faded and those guys went off enough more focused on Decred. The history of that happening is, isn't very strong. And I think Bitcoin has what we, I basically say rough consensus, but it's kind of working. And I think there'll be very, there'll be a lot of hesitancy to, to put any process around it, especially with all the, the four cores we had in 2017. Yeah, but when I'm trying to say a competitor, I wouldn't say they would compete on consensus. They would just... Mm-hmm. Well, that's actually happening already, isn't it? Because they are their implement. And most of the people who run their thing, they don't necessarily even run Bitcoin D or whatever. They run other implementations that perform better. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's kind of kind of happening, I, I guess, already. I mean, who the fuck uses Bitcoin Core as a wall? That's what I'm really curious. I don't, I don't <laughs> know who does that. Some hardcore people, I'm pretty sure. I mean, I wouldn't, but uh, I don't know. I don't think there is anyone who does. I think that they, even the hardcore people, they probably run Bitcoin D and they have something on top of it or an Electrum server or something. Yeah, know. most of the hardcore people I know, they, they basically run Bitcoin Core, but then they connect to it via Electrum. Yeah, I mean, so, so I, don't, I, I know like it's important to have Bitcoin Core to work, but I don't know who uses that as a what. I, I never met anyone, except in the old days, a few people, but, mm-hmm. you know. Well, anyway, so, so yeah, this caused like quite a bit of like, um, you know, division, I guess you could say. And people got to, you know, and then after this, a lot of people started going like, oh, okay, well, we're going to host the, um, the, um, what you call it, the white paper. We don't have an issue with this. And everyone started posting pictures of it everywhere. So, so yeah, that was pretty cool. (laughs) But, uh, oh yeah. And the thing is that, that this is what was interesting thing. A lot of people don't like Cobra because, you know, he had different views on how things should go like. But he, and he went there and even commented and said that this is not cool at all, what you guys did here. So, and, and we're going to keep it on the Bitcoin, Bitcoin.org. And mm-hmm. if you want to do something, come after us, motherfucker. Let's see what's happening. Sure. So, yeah. Well, anyway, do you want to add anything else on this one? No, 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 I don't think it's relevant, to be honest. Sorry. <laughs> all right, what else do we have here? Uh, oh, yeah, uh, this is a very interesting one. Pornhub right now. Pornhub now supports... Bitcoin and 15 other cryptocurrencies as a payment method uh, after the Visa ban and MasterCard. What do you think about this one? I think this is great because Bitcoin needs, I mean, all the institutional money coming is great, but we need a circular economy. 
I mean, I first really started knowing about Bitcoin because of Silk Road. Whatever you think about the Silk Road, you know, or it was either Silk Road or the WikiLeaks announcement. But, you know, we need, you know, when, remember when WikiLeaks started using Bitcoin? I think these kind of things where we're using Bitcoin more is, is positive. We need it to be used in a circular economy. I mean, this is, this is positive. I can't, I, I'm very positive when I see things and these things. All right. Okay, cool. Yeah. I don't know. It's also like a lot of these people that made this huddle meme something. I think they're very ignorant mm-hmm. of, of the reality of, of how that just could not work in any possible way. Because mm-hmm. if everyone would literally be huddling, then why would I huddle something that everyone huddles? It's kind of weird. Yeah, and I wouldn't like to see Bitcoin just in... I mean, it's not going to happen, but imagine if Bitcoin is just held in two or three custodians, one of them being Grayscale, one of them being Fidelity. It's, it's going to become a relic, you know, a bit like what gold has. We, we need the circular economy. It's important. I mean, you know, people sometimes complain that lightning's been slow. Well, it's complicated, but, you know, as Bitcoin transaction fees go higher, it's going to sh- show a lot more relevance. And, you know, the circular economy of Bitcoin is, is key to kind of keeping it decentralized, in my view, and keeping it relevant. 100%. What do you think about, what's your take on this one? That even if we get it to, if we get Bitcoin to be used even more than it is right now, like let's say 10 times more, do you think Lightning is still going to be enough to have like cheap fees? Well, I, I don't think like, Lightning as it stands can't scale to you know eight billion people. There, there needs to be right. work around there. You know, people have proposed channel factories. There's L2. You know, some of the stuff that my company's doing could help there as well. Why don't you talk uh, about that then? If that's a, sure. If you sure. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we we we, um, we took an idea that was kind of crystallized by a guy called Ruben Samsel called State Chains which is a way of kind of sending private keys around at a very high level. I've got a private key with you know, a couple of Bitcoin. I can now send you the private key. Now you probably think, oh, that's great. But what happens if I remember the private key? Well, there's some kind of shifty cryptography going on there where you use MPC to basically um, shard the key with a centralized server. So that does mean that the centralized Wait, server... Wait, stop one second. What does that mean to shard the key with a centralized server? What does it mean? Uh, Essentially, you have to, you have to say yeah. it very technically. Just explain. The- we use something called a two-party ECDSA, where we create a private key. Sorry, we create a public key, but based on two private keys. If that makes sense. So, okay. the server would have one private key, and you, the owner of that uh, state chain, we call it state coin, would also have a private key. But your private key is the only key that can sign sign it to, to kind of move it to say another party. Okay. But you you have to cooperate with the server. Now, the first thing you're going to say, well, can the server steal my funds? No. The way it's designed, it's not. What happens if the server basically shuts down? Well, at that point, you would have a backout transaction to basically pull your funds out of the state chain and you'd be back on the, on the Bitcoin blockchain. So that's one of the key things. But the, what's beautiful about this is it's all done off-chain. So performance is you know, as fast as the network allows, as fast as cryptography allows. So maybe I'm saying something stupid, but this, would it make sense to even have this on top of a Lightning Network or no, because you don't even need that? Well, we haven't, we haven't, when we designed this, our first use case was, was privacy. So me and you could basically put one Bitcoin into a state chain and we could swap private keys. Now you, you throw that to 20 people, you can see how you can start building the, the coin swap protocol. Now, some people like your friend Shinobi and you know, some Lightning developers have actually contacted us to see show how this could work in parallel with Lightning because Lightning, the, 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 the negatives of state chains are, can be solved with Lightning and some of the negatives of Lightning can be solved with state chains. The issue with state chains is you can only send a UXTO. So if you have 0.4 Bitcoin, you can only send 0.4 Bitcoin. You can't do small denominations. Clearly, Lightning is brilliant at small denominations. It was designed for that. 
Lightning, though, does have issues around liquidity. You have to have like liquidity in the network to route payments. State chains doesn't have that issue. You're just sending private keys around. I mean, the way to look at it, I want to say something without upsetting. Uh, uh, you know, no, please upset. Please in a way, a state, uh, you know, Lightning is like sending checks around. They're, they're IOUs, but they're backed by the blockchain. You know, like state chains, you're sending keys around. You're you're, send, you're sending handles or you know pointers to vaults. So they kind of work well. And you know, where state chain needs to break into certain denominations, you could basically dump that state coin onto a a, a payment address. Uh, sorry, a, a payment channel, a yeah. Lightning channel. So I think after we do our first release, which is going to be in the next few weeks, we're going to look at integrating with Lightning. And we've already had some casual conversations with Lightning developers anyway, see how we could, you know, how they could work well together. Right. So, so what you're trying to say is that there would be a possibility to sell it on Lightning pretty much and not on chain necessarily. Yeah, yeah, you could dump your UXTO onto a Lightning payment channel, correct. Right, because pretty much every uh, payment channel just has state states of what is the, the state of the channel. And every, yeah. every state, it's a transaction that you could publish at any time if you need to, right? Mm -hmm. so, so that's why it would work. Yes. Okay, cool. Now, one second right now. When you said you did, you did, you were, pro, you, when, sorry, when you tried to do this thing, you guys considered that, you should do it uh, for try to go on the privacy route. Why did you do that? It was just the use case. Funny enough, we were we were doing privacy work anyway, and um, my like colleague. What, what what work were you doing before? Like what privacy? Work? Um, so we, we we were working a lot with side chains. Um, we'd we'd forked up we'd forked elements, which is a side chain um, kind of built by Blockstream, and we built a KYC version. And we were looking at kind of maybe doing some uh, you know some coin join stuff on on side chains at the time. And just through that, I, you know, I, I think I told you, I used to work in investment banking quite a lot. And a few of my friends had asked me how to do derivatives on a side chains. So we were looking at discrete log contracts. And one of the issues with discrete log contracts is they're very capital inefficient. If I was they're to go into- capital in one way. It, so if I was to go into a contract with you, say let's, you know, that's very simple. Let's bet on the price of Bitcoin, yeah? Yes. So we both bet on the best price of Bitcoin. We agree an Oracle. At a certain point in time, that Oracle gives us a, a price Either I win or I lose, vice versa. The problem is my money is locked up in that contract. So if I have one Bitcoin locked in for a two-week contract, that's it. I can't. I can't. It's stuck. Now, you know from doing a bit of trading with derivatives, you can exit. You can novate them. Now, with a state chain, because my money is, would be locked up in a, in a contract, I could basically novate it. I could The key that, that participates in that contract, I could move it on. I could sell it. I could give it to somebody else. So that's when we started looking at discrete log contracts and combined with some of the privacy work we were looking at with coin joining. He said, well, if I've got all these keys, you know, floating around on a state chain, I could, I could mix them. I could swap them around. And that's perfect privacy. Yeah. Me and you now could have two state chain keys and, you know, go on signal and swap the keys around it in theory. Well, not signal, but you see my point. There's a, right, there, right. There's, a, there's a way of implementing coin swaps there. And that's where we kind of went there. So we weren't really thinking of Lightning from day one. And that's why we went down more kind of like the coin swap approach. Right. So then yeah, when, you're doing, when you're a business and you're doing this thing, and this is a product, right? Now, who, who do you think is going to use this product? Speaking on the, on the coin, uh, coin swap um, thing that you recently worked on, who do you think is going to use that? Well, I mean... Let's be clear. I mean, Wasabi, Samurai, those people are, are doing very well. They're, they're, they're doing well in that market. I think as Bitcoin transaction fees start to get higher, now we're entering a bull run, I think Layer 2 solutions are, are going to start more popular as well. Um, 
you know, a lot of people say, well, why isn't Lightning being used? Why is you know, Blockstream Liquid not being used? Well, transaction fees haven't been a problem, but they're starting to become a problem right now for people who, who, who use Bitcoin daily. No, but so you didn't answer my you, question. So who do, do you think, sorry, let me ask it a different way. Do you think that, that you're building a consumer product at the end of the day? Like, do you think like people who, who also want to, um, you know, get privacy benefits and, and they might- Absolutely. I think, I, think, I think privacy is a, it's, it's a people, well, people are willing to- Do you think your product is, is a consumer product? That's what I'm trying to ask. You, the one you got- that, that, Yes, we're building a consumer product. We're building a re, an app that retail people can use. Okay, okay, okay. Now, we, we are speaking, I mean, yeah, I, I'll, I'll be clear. I am speaking to institutions who want to use state chains, potentially to doing clearing solutions, etc. But they're very uh, introductory conversations, put that way. But our, the main focus is building a retail app. Yeah. Okay. So, so right, first of all, privacy makes sense, right? The reason why, for me, privacy made sense before, because mm -hmm. I'm not necessarily a private guy, is because, look, if you want Bitcoin to make sense, a very important property of that money uh, is fungibility, right? And and the the more private you are, the more private it is. So that's why privacy makes sense, right? So, so there's no doubt about it. Mm -hmm. Now, um, the thing is that uh, if you're building this product, how are you going? Do you think this is, you're going to be com a competitor to Wasabi, Samurai, and Join Market eventually? I wouldn't say competitor. There's certain characteristics on by doing this on a state chain. That's it's, it's a different use case. Okay, um, let me ask you this then. So. Wasabi pretty much, how I understand, well, how I understand, how pretty much Wasabi and Samurai Wallet work is that you, you have a UTXO, you have an output, you have some Bitcoins in an address, pretty much, right? Mm -hmm. And now this, these Bitcoins have a certain history. Now, what they do, you, 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 you use these Bitcoins and you construct a transaction with other people there. That's what a coin join is, it's a, a mm -hmm. transaction. And then you, you push it out. And now after you've done this transaction, by magic, you erase your history. So the, 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 they provide a erasing erasing your history as a service and they charge money for that how would this be different to what you are going to do when your app is going to be out or if oh, it well, is well okay so there's there's certain characteristics that are different when you're doing a coin join in in the the products you mentioned you're doing these on chain so every and people tend to do a a number of mixes they they don't, they don't just do it once they do it quite a few times with a state chain you'd be able to do this off chain multiple times so you can see the cost and timing is different. So there's a, there's quite an advantage there. Now, some people won't be comfortable with using state chains. I think we've got to get pump people comfortable there. Also, you know, as I said, we could integrate with Lightning for change outputs. So it's more of a layer two, but I think privacy. And you know, a lot of people will talking about, will just see Lightning as private enough. I mean, there's been noise saying that Lightning is not that private, but you know that will be private enough. It, it really depends on your comfort zone or what you're looking for. Okay, okay. So you don't think you're offering a, a competitor. So who is the enemy you're going to fight with? Because what Wasabi and Samurai did, and I'm very serious about this, yeah. they have an enemy, right? And they, and I'm not saying like the enemy isn't real, by the way, but they have an enemy and they, and they deem themselves being enemies also. And when you are using their product, there's this ideology that comes, the ideological baggage that comes with it. And I think that works. So who, who is your enemy? You have to have an enemy that you're fighting. Well, I, I don't think you have to have an enemy. I mean, look, I'm, I'm aware of the Wasabi Samurai you know, stuff, but they are doing, their products are very similar. I mean, they're not similar technically, but at a high level, they're very similar. Yeah. So, I mean, state chains is, is very different. And, and, and 
yeah, maybe state chains are successful and maybe other people come along and build competing state chains. I mean, we don't own the rights to state chains. I mean, you know, the idea is public. It was written, the paper was written by a guy called Ruben Samsa, who I've spoken to a couple of times. There's no one stopping and beating a competing state chain. So, you know, that, that potentially could be our enemy, but we're not there yet. So No, no, you're okay. Sorry, I didn't... Uh, you- there's, so there's two types of enemies. There's enemies against your competitors, which whatever. And yeah. I understand you don't think you need that. Then that makes sense. But you still need an enemy of some sort, like the government. Someone you have to have someone who your product, by by me using your product, you know, I'm fighting these evil p- people in the world or something. You could How say you chain. Well, I mean, look, you could say that's chain analysis, or but you yeah. know, but yeah. Okay, I'll, so how would this, so so explain to me this right now? When what actually what's actually sorry. So in the CoinJoin model, you 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 take the action by using this app and you erase your history in the sense that after this point, pri- pri- yeah, privacy is never perfect. I mean, this is one of the issues I have with not not with privacy in central, but when people say this coin is private, I go, well, no, it does certain things which give you a level of privacy. You know, when you put a coin into a CoinJoin, you're basically making all the coins that come out dirty. Yes, because from now on, and it's really easy to see that, that it's a coin join. Like, you yeah. can do it with a computer, you can do it with human. So, so the, the risk is that certain exchanges could say that anything that has a kind of been associated with coin join is dirty. Uh, with a coin swap, you're not saying that. You're basically taking 20 coins and mixing them. So the risk is there is that if in those 20 coins, one of them is you know, used for nefarious purposes, one of the 20 people in that mix could end up with a dirty coin. But, you know, you could still prove that that came from a coin swap because you would see, you know, a certain pattern from a coin swap. So it then comes down to, well, okay, I've now got a dirty coin. So when the, when the authorities come after me, I can say, well, no, you can see I used a coin swap. At, that's the point. So I can't be blamed. So it's kind of, it, it depends on how, there's going to be a lot of iterations on making Bitcoin private or all these private protocols. And, you know, you're kind of, it depends on how people are going to view this. I mean, the advantage I would say on a state chain is simply that we could implement CoinJoin as well on a state chain. It's just that this is happening off chain. There's no cost. There's no waiting for Bitcoin block. It's just one transaction into the blockchain, into the state chain, and one transaction out. Once you're in the state chain, you can mix it a thousand times. You can, you don't have to mix it. You could potentially send it to you, or you could use it as payment. So let, let me let me. Say, I want to say something. You tell me if, if it's right or wrong. Sure. So the, the the difference would be that CoinJoin erases history, but it, it sorry, you in CoinJoin you swap some sort of taint for yes. a different type of taint. And, yeah. And and I'm playing with a word taint, fair enough, because yeah. it is different. But now, uh, in a coin swap model, you are changing histories with someone. Would that be accurate Correct. to say? Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. I think that's good. Good summary. Yeah. Okay. So now, when you said this, here's what I was going through my mind as you were talking. I, I, my brain went away a bit. That's now, good. Uh, but no, no. But, but, so the thing is that because because this is a, a history exchange of some sort, right? L- let's start from the coin join. So in the coin join thing, there's certain you get priced in, right? And that has to be a lot with the fact that the block space is a precious resource. That's why mm-hmm. coin joins are expensive, if you ask me, right? Mm-hmm. And there's also the fact that you have a, someone who needs to coordinate everything. So mm-hmm. a big part of the fee is you're paying someone to get you together. And, and solve this problem, and then is the block space. Now, if you said in the coin swap you, you're exchanging histories, then wouldn't it be wouldn't this be priced in fresh coins more than anything else? Like, if I have a coin that's just mine right now, and I'm swapping it with you, wouldn't I want to get more for it? Potentially, I, I don't know if you. 
in the old days, remember when people used to pay more for those? But, yes, um, I remember that. Yeah. Um, but then maybe you, but if you've got a fresh coin, why would you want to use a coin swap? <laughs> That's a very valid point. <laughs> why would you want to go on a coin join? But, yeah. That was a stupid question to ask. No, no, no. I just want, yeah, no, no. But it makes sense. Yeah. Okay. But how about this? So, so then um, I'm just trying to understand what I'm trying to get at, but I, I don't know. I'm not doing a good job is that you can see a history should be, should be more valuable than, than another type of history. And how do you price this? And that's what I'm trying to figure out right now. That's why I was asking about that question. Well, it's a hard one because in theory, you, you want coin joins and coin swaps to be used all the time because that kind of taints a lot of the UTXOs in Bitcoin. And the more percentage of coins we have that go through these, the more history is meaningless. Well, I think I, I, I understand how that is true with coin joins because if everyone coin joins, then it's like no one coin joins. And it's not actually everyone, it's a, it's a person. But, 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 then, but then if everyone's using coin swap, then history is meaningless. I mean, yeah, that, that's what I'm trying to, to understand. Yeah. Okay, yeah. okay. Yeah. Okay, fair enough, fair enough. All right. But so as I said, pri privacy is not, you know, I think you get it, but I, a lot of people I speak to, it's not just a flag to say Bitcoin's private. It's, it's, it's like a lot of the privacy coins, they do certain things to make it private, but it's going to be an ongoing piece of work. It's going to be ongoing. Yeah, maybe coin swap's not enough. Maybe coin swap and coin join's not enough. Maybe you're going to have to go through, you know, go through lightning payments, coin join after that. It's going to be continuous work. But so far, people want that. They want financial privacy, and that's what the market's showing. Yeah, I mean, I think uh, the thing is, like, if you would have a function that would tell you if something is private or not, it's not a zero one or one answer. Yeah, and yeah. Th this function does, this function takes other parameters, like who you are, what kind of things you do. So your your answer is also going to be multi-dimensional. Mm -hmm. But it's hard to say that, and it's hard to, like, talk about multi-dimensionality. And on Twitter, everything gets compressed. And, 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 and a lot of people have different privacy requirements. I mean, I think the, even the analysis from Chain... Yeah, a lot of people just want privacy so that if they go to, if they buy, if they go on your Pornhub, you know, it's private. They don't necessarily want it. Not everyone who wants privacy has got nefarious reasons. Yeah. Most of it is just, yeah, most of it is they go on coin Pornhub and they want to keep that quiet. You know, that's, I think that's the real, what people want. Yeah, 100%, 100%. Yeah. So how would you think this plays out? So let's say you, so you, you make this app, it goes up, it becomes fairly used. Other people also do it. There's like um, a few ones out there. Now, how does this play out against the Chainalysis companies? How would this play out against them? What impact is have on what they do? I think it makes their job harder. I mean, how does it do it harder compared to the coin join? Um, well, coin join, Chainalysis, from what I've seen with Chainalysis, Chainalysis aren't, they're not able to unpack coin joins. They just basically say it's being coin joined. That's the reports I've seen. Coin swap, it's, it's, well, there's no coin swap at the moment. I think, I think one of the uh, Chris Belcher, I think, is, I think he's building a coin swap as a kind of join market. But there's no, they haven't had the opportunity to actually do any work on coin swap. So that's probably until this is working, until we've got significant volumes. I have no idea how they're going to treat this, yeah. and that, that's part okay. of the game, really. All right. Okay. Okay. Cool. Cool. That, that, that. I mean, that's what makes this interesting. You know, we'll, you know. All right. Well, I, I, I definitely want you to, to come up with app. So what is this app going to be like? Is it going to be a mobile wallet or is it going to be a website? Like, How does it work? Like, It's going to be an app you download. It's not mobile yet. I mean, we'll have to see if there's a demand for that. But, you know, it's, it's, it's an application you download. You know, we've, we've worked hard to make it a very consumer friendly app. You know, we don't want you know, we, we don't want people to be experts at Bitcoin or or state chains to use it. And there's been a lot of work there. 
Okay, so tell me this then. What is this happening with this app? Like, I, if, I, I could explain to you what's happening when I use Wasabi Wallet, right? Explain yeah. to me the same thing. What's happening? What are you running? What's happening with transaction, the keys, everything? Explain that to me. Very yeah, so, you, you know, you'll be able to download this app on any platform. Um, when you start it up, it won't be a Bitcoin wallet, but you'll be able to generate what we call a, a state coin address. Why so, would it be a Bitcoin wallet, though? Because, you know, we, we feel that a lot of people already have their favorite Bitcoin wallets. So we want to be the first state chain wallet. And that's what we're trying to focus on. If depending on how, you know, how it works, if people want us to have an integrated Bitcoin wallet, we would look at that. But what we want to do is assume that people have already got their favorite Bitcoin wallet, whether that's Ledger or, or Electra or whatever, but they'll be able to send Bitcoin to the wallet. And then what they get back is they get a state coin address. And now they're on the state. They've got state coins, and they can send their state coins to to whoever else. They can then they can swap their state coins, and of course they can pull out their state coins back onto the Bitcoin blockchain. Right. So what's actually happening when I make when I so when I'm sending a a, a transaction to this wallet? What yes. is happening there? What is happening with with that? So there there is a backend server. So that there's a server running, which obviously uh, you know, we will be in, you know, running for. That's a service we provide. When you create an address, we basically have one of those keys. So we have, I think I told, explained it to you, it's two-party ECSA. Essentially, Mercury is the second party. So they, you know, you generate... Mercury is the name of the wallet, just to make it clear, yeah? Yeah, it's going to... Well, we've, bought, we've got the URL, mercurywallet.com. I don't know if there's anything out there. I mean, we've done the website, but we're waiting to, waiting to publish that. But yeah, mercurywallet.com will be the website. You download it, and then when you generate a state coin address, uh, a state chain, uh, a state coin address... You know, Mercury will have the other private key. And every time we do a transition, like you move the coin to, to another coin, we delete the key. So we've done things with um, Intel SGX, which uh, we've written specific code. I don't know what is, that is. What is that? Um, so Intel SGX is, is a way to run secure enclaves. So if you wanted to run like smart contracts and you wanted to guarantee execution, you could basically run on this enclave on an, on an Intel process. We don't have any smart contract log. What we do is we guarantee deletion. Believe it or not, proving that you deleted data on a on any machine is actually quite hard. It's not it's not right. simple. Quick. So we prove deletion. Now you know there are a lot of people that say that okay, well, Intel SGX has got security holes and stuff, but it's not a core part of what we're doing. To be honest, it's just like a we delete the key. So in theory, if a previous owner was to if we didn't delete the key, a previous owner could cooperate with us to steal the funds. But that would be us acting nefarious. We're a business. If we were to do that, we would be very quickly out of business. Do you know what I mean? Right. But we still want to. We still written software to provide proofs that we've deleted those keys. So this Intel thing that you're trying to say, this is a server thing, right? Somewhere. Yes, it's software that runs on on Intel machines, which basically keeps the private the other private key. And so when you say an Intel machine, sorry to cut you off there. Can I run out of my laptop? Um, you could run our code on your laptop, but there's, it's, yeah, we, okay, sorry. yeah, you could run a Docker. We, we, yeah, we package it up as a Docker instance. Yeah, everything we've done is open source. So, but there's no reason for you to run this. This is stuff that we run. We've just made it public because, you know, we, I think, you know, the space we do, we're in, we should basically show all our software we've written. Okay, so I'm, I'm opening the wallet. You give me an address. I send the bitcoins right now. You're saying, yeah. you're explaining how the, at this point, this is this uh, this address that I'm sending the bitcoins to, uh, which is gonna be the, the the state chain address that I'm getting. How I'm getting in the state chain, correct? Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's, it's it's you control one key and whatever. What happens afterwards with this? Yes. Let's say now I want to go and I want to do um, 
because if I want to take it out, I guess I just provide an address and it goes out. But what happens if I want to um, do a coin swap? Yeah, so we would have coin swap servers where you could basically join. And if you see liquidity why there... The, why did you use the use word plural? Wouldn't you guys have your own server and that's just it? Um, yes, but we're, we're going to, you know, in theory, anyone could run a coin swap server. It's going to okay, be separate. It, but all it is is... Is a, it's, an, it's, a, it's a bit like the coin join mechanism. It's an orchestrator. If there are other wallets connected and they, other people want to swap, you can swap your keys around. Mm-hmm. And likewise, if you want to start sending your coins to someone else, if someone gives you a state coin address, you can send to them. And you know, if we start behaving badly, like we're not, but for example, if we get shut down, you've always got the option to take your coins back and broadcast it back onto the Bitcoin blockchain and basically get your funds back. So it's non-custodial in that sense. Okay, okay, gotcha, gotcha. Now, another thing that I've noticed that um, a lot of these, these companies are worried about the regulations. Like, how would you, so let's say you, you have the wall already running. Mm-hmm. How do you feel about regulations and stuff like that? Do you think you need to comply or whatever? Well, I've, you know, I've, a lot of my job is reading about regulations. We're non custodial. So while we're not custodial, I, I, I don't know how we would have to comply with the regulations. I mean, if a, a, an enforcement AG were to contact us and ask for say your funds there is no there's no way we could ever give you their funds we, oh, i'm not talking about that i understand at least for me that was obvious i'm trying to say that but what if they, that you need to register with them or something what if you need to comply in certain ways i'm not sure how we could though because the even the stuff that was proposed in congress a few weeks ago that was basically for exchanges if they do an exchange they would have to basically do a, a kyc on any wallet they send to we're not an exchange we're not facilitating any exchange. All we're doing is providing a wallet for people to transfer their Bitcoin on a second layer. We don't control the second layer. The second layer is essentially the internet because it's really just people sending their private keys around. Now, we can cooperate. We, we cooperate with people sending their, but we can't block it. If we were to block it, people would simply just pull their funds out and not use us. Right, right. Okay, that makes sense. That makes sense. Yeah. So from everything I've read on the FinCEN, we, you know, we don't, we're not affected. I mean, this is... Yeah, there's nothing stopping you going to your local pub and giving private keys to other people, and that's what we're facilitating. Okay, so so again, you are uh, you use the word orchestrator, so you 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 are solving a coordination problem now. No, 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 we're, guess- not, we're, we're we're not solving the co- we we allow people to find each other. We don't find people for you. Okay, so that's why you use the word orchestrator instead yes. of coordinator. Then it's it just a, purposeful. Yeah. yeah, well, no, it's like you know, it's like having a public signal group. You know, imagine there's a public signal group goes, "Hey, we want to swap our keys." That's all we're doing. So. Okay, gotcha. Now, because you're doing this thing, um, this is a service, right? Like, how are you guys going to charge money on this? Like, or like, what's happening uh, behind? Yeah, so I, we're still playing around with this, but at the moment, you know, um, it depends. I mean, we're going to have to put some DDoS protection as well, so we can't have people swapping their keys all the time because obviously, otherwise, you have a DDoS vector. But at the moment, we're just going to basically take a fee when people come out of the state chain. And that would be like a would probably be a percentage. Like it'd be something that's consistent with what other layer two solutions use. Okay. How uh, how are you guys treating the confirmation thing? The the confirmation problems. Like let's say right now I want to get in. How, how what's your policy there? Um, I don't know offhand, but it's going to be probably be what's consistent three or four three or four box. Whatever consistent with what exchanges or Wasabi use or whoever. Okay. Okay. Gotcha. Gotcha. But once once you're in the state chain, I mean, we're just like a blind digital main server. You know, we just we have very little power. We just we just approve everything. Can you explain the Chomian server part just very very high level? 
Uh, the name comes from David Chom, right? Yeah, he, I think, God, I can't remember, but he built um, an eCash server. But the key thing was that he didn't know what he was approving. So it was blinded, if you see what I mean. So our server does not know the transactions coming that it's approving. It's, it's basically a dumb server that's just basically... Uh, the, the coordination for, say, you having state coins to transfer to someone else, that's done by you. The server just basically signs whatever check you give it to him. Hence the blinded. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And I think to some degree, um, you, well, actually, Wasabi is the same thing. Think about it. Correct? Yeah. I, don't, I mean, I do know Wasabi. I haven't used Wasabi. I look at Wasabi's code more than I look at the wallet, funny enough. <laughs> but yeah, I think they, they, their orchestrator is, is, is relatively dumb and they, they do that on purpose. A lot of yeah. the logic is in the, is in the client. Yeah, yeah, okay, cool, cool, okay, that makes sense. So you, can you tell us something about the fees? Didn't, do you have a number or you didn't figure it out yet? It's going to be under, you know, between 50 and, uh, or, and 30 basis points. Okay, now let you... me ask you another question, which is I'm being a bit too uh, granular with this, but I'm really curious. So at some point, I still have to get on chain. Fair enough. Yes. At least is your concern right now with the current implementation and how this product is going to evolve. Yeah. Now, how are you going to solve the... The, the, the problem of the fee because now am I going to pay the fee? I, I have to, right? Because who else would? Well, yeah, when, when you come onto the state chain, yes, you're going to have to pay a fee. No, but I said when I come out right now, I'm going to have to pay the transaction fees. Yes. When I get up. Yeah. So like what kind of fee estimators are you guys going to use? Do you know this by any chance? No, I mean, uh, yeah, I mean, that's something we haven't done yet. Okay. I mean, you know, I, you know what? Let me ask you. I have, we haven't coded that bit yet, so I'll be honest. Okay, fair enough. Oh. Let me tell you why I asked that. About a month ago, I went on this uh, transaction fees rabbit hole. So that's why I, I was yeah. I have it fresh. And I couldn't believe how hard it actually is to find a good fee estimator. It's, it's, it's nuts. And there's not a good fee estimator right now. Yeah. I mean, to be fair, we, we do deal with the fee problem quite a lot. I think I've told you previously, we run this service called Mainstay, which does Bitcoin attestations. And sometimes, you know, our attestations don't go through because with the fees drawn and stuff. So we have quite a lot of experience in that, to be honest. So we, we can reuse a lot of the logic there. But estimating fees is, is a problem, especially when you have spikes and then you start missing 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 blocks because of, yeah, un, 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 you know unheard I, of spikes. You know what my problem is with fucking fee estimators, though? I don't understand why the fuck everyone started. This is from Bitcoin Core. I don't know why everyone even offers you options to get confirmed in free blocks for five blocks. Look, whenever I use Bitcoin, it's either I want to get confirmed now or I don't care. You know what I'm trying to say? Mm -hmm. and, and I think that everyone just complicates fee estimators with trying to have like, you know, estimates in five blocks or 20 blocks or something like that, if you ask me. Yeah, I tend to just always want it immediately. So. Yeah, but it's hard because you end up overpaying a lot because everyone overpays. Like... The fee problem, it's a hard one because everything is moving all the time, right? Mm -hmm. And everyone also tries to get on top of each other. Yeah. So it's really hard. I don't know how you can solve it, actually. Yeah, I mean, we've written some software in Mainstay to solve that. But it's again, it's based on heuristics and kind of like um, we, we, we do replace by fee if we get it wrong as well. So that's, that's another. And funny enough, that's the, a lot of the issues that they have with the double spend the other day. Well, the double spend that didn't happen, but it was probably a misunderstanding of the way Bitcoin works with replace by fee, etc. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so, well, that's a good segue to go in the next one. But let me see. What I wanted. What else could I ask you about? So I don't know. Well, I think that that's fine. Okay. Let's go. Let's talk about the double spend thing. <laughs> yeah, I set myself up for that. I, I to be honest, I think it was a. Funny, when I first got into Bitcoin, similar time to you, Bitcoin used to fork. I think every day, or maybe once a week, and I didn't even know when it was forking anymore. I think. 
at the moment it forks about once once a month and it just seems that for whatever reason when this guy um he he, he placed a fee transaction fee he paid a transaction fee that was too small and then that kind of got caught up and essentially you had one fork with 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 his original transaction fee which was too small which then got accepted and then the other fork had the higher fee which got accepted and i think that created a bit of confusion but then bitcoin was designed to work that way so bitcoin forks i think in the early days it used to fork a lot more but, but you know it's a bit more as the network or software around networking is being optimized etc so now it forks less but it, when it does fork it's designed to basically recalibrate and i think that's created a bit of confusion yeah and i think this was an actual accidental double spin at the end of the day if you can yeah. think of it it was just yeah. whatever and I think some people needed to use the word double spin because that was an appropriate terminology, but it is appropriate, but it doesn't imply what you think it implies. That was yeah. the thing, you know? Yeah. I mean, this, this, this is, a, yeah, in the early days of it, this was a well-known problem. It used to fork quite a lot. I and mean, I think uh, the, the longest we ever had this uh, ever was like free blocks. I think it was the most. You could have like free blocks forks, if that makes any sense. Yeah, it's what, two networks with two blocks each and whoever won the third. Yeah, I could see that. I, yeah, I, I, well, we should have prepared for this, but I remember reading the. the I know th there's a Wikipedia article, Bitcoin.it, that, that has all these things there explained and whatever. So, yeah. And I think yeah, this is the transaction I, over here. But yeah, go on. Yeah, and I went to a talk years ago by um, one of the Bitcoin core devs, uh, Blue Matt, and he wrote, I, I won't go into the whole details, so I can't remember, but he wrote, the, so I think he wrote, he wrote the, the relay network to deal with the fact that Bitcoin forks so much and to reduce the splits. So. Are, you are you talking about fiber? I think so. It was it was called. He used to run it himself. Some sort of relay. It was basically a way of dealing with packet losses and stuff like that. I think this, this is, is it. it. Yeah, it's called um, and Fiber stands for Fast Internet Bitcoin Relay Engine, and this is what miners use, correct? I think so. Yeah, it was run. It was built essentially by Matt, Blue Matt or Matt Carello. and um, I remember. Yeah, and he, he explained how often the Bitcoin fork. I guess maybe because of the work he's done, it just doesn't fork as much. So, but those were some of the issues he was dealing with for that. Yeah, man. I, and the thing is, like, I saw like um, a tweet earlier, like right before we started, some yeah. institution like sold 4 million worth of Bitcoin because of this. And that's just face palm, you know, it's like, dude. <laughs> well, I think that's the issue. I think a lot of influencers or big, big names in Bitcoin, I mean, you know, they haven't been in the space so long. And I think the knowledge of, of what Bitcoin is, how it works is, is not that well understood anymore. Yeah, and you're going to see a bit more stupid. You can't expect him to understand this stuff, Nick. Like, do you look at this fucking screen? Like, like look, this is this looks like fucking alien writing. Like, this isn't something that people should understand. It's, 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 it's a big number. This is a number here. This yeah, is, I mean, you know what I'm trying to say? It's a big number. It is a problem, though. I think it is. In some ways, Bitcoin's become like the internet. Most people would think of the internet as just one thing: the internet. Yeah. It's a bit like when I, you know, obviously, you, you know. From my job at Commerce Block, I was going around the city of London selling blockchains, and people would say, "I want to put this on the blockchain," and, <laughs> and I say, "Which one? No, the blockchain." And and now Bitcoin is the Bitcoin, and people don't realize there's a, you know, there's years of engineering, there's a mess of it's a messy network with legacy code and dealing with the Great Wall of China. It's a, you know, it's a complex beast under it. Now it's just the Bitcoin and. And if Bitcoin doesn't work like the way they expect it, the way maybe Michael Saylor describes it, they're going to panic. Yeah, yeah, that is very yeah. true. Yeah. But also the word double spending doesn't make sense because theoretically, Bitcoin solves a double spending problem. And if something gets included in the block, it can't get double spent. 
But again, the words are not the mm. best when they were chosen, you know? Yeah, and, yeah. I, and I think this is a very complex... I mean, one of the reasons I got into Bitcoin, because I was... I wasn't saying we were trying to solve the double spend, but you can imagine I was working for an investment bank who wanted to trade on the same book of assets in different locations. Mm -hmm. uh, it's a mess. It's very. It's one of the hardest things in you know, distributed computing to figure out. And Bitcoin did this with cryptography and proof of work. And people need to remember that it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a very complicated beast underneath. It's not Bitcoin. It's, it's the Bitcoin network. It's... But, you know, that's why it's important that we use Bitcoin as a payment network. That's why it's important that projects like Lightning, I'm going to say state chains, are, are being developed so that, you know, we still keep it real. It's not just an asset that's in two or three custodians around the world. 100%. You know what I, what I think people try to do? You, you remember that maybe there's some people who listen and don't know. There's this guy called Laszlo who has been uh, in the Bitcoin project from the early, early, early days. And he ended up selling a, a two pizzas. There's two of them, not one, for 10,000 Bitcoin, right? Mm -hmm. And... You know, everyone we celebrate this every day, and people get like, "Oh my God, a guy sold um, uh, two, uh, so many bitcoins for so many pizzas." But and everyone tries to avoid having that pizza moment. You feel me? Yeah. And I think that people understand that everyone is gonna have their pizza moment, no matter how safe you play it, man. You will buy something, and that bitcoin is gonna be worth more. And I think people are pushing too much with this whole like, you know, stupid hodling meme and whatever, and they're mm -hmm. just. They're never going to spend it, never going to do anything with it. No. But, I mean, it's good. I mean, look, um, you, you, you know, I'm, you know, I do, I kind of, uh, I work a bit and do some stuff with Paxful. They're, 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 you know, a lot of Bitcoin is being used for them or in Africa. Um, they're, they're looking, I think they're looking at Lightning payments as well. I mean, obviously, Jack Marlers is starting to use Lightning for payments as well with his Zap wallet. So, there is stuff happening there, which is good, you know. And I think sometimes, you know, we, we live in the West where we have a good functioning payment system. A lot of the world are going to look at Lightning, I think. That is going to happen, so. Yeah. Okay, well, this is a good segue to, to get into this this next thing here. Let's see what we have here. Um, this is a tweet by Eric Wall, and he says, no one is using Lightning because no one is spending their BTC. Bitcoin or just HODL. And then he goes, like, actually, tons of people spend loads of BTC. Bitcoin is still the number one on darknet markets. And darknet markets are thriving. However, darknet smartest still won't use Lightning Network. This is a bit problematic. What do you think about this one? I mean, that's, that's a bit of a paragraph. Some of it makes sense. Some of it doesn't. Um, what do you think doesn't make sense? Can you see it, by the well, way? People are using Lightning. I mean, it, it, you know, if you go to that, I think, did I send you that website the other day? There's, I think there's 60 million locked up in Lightning payment channels, so it is being used. It, yeah, it hasn't had the growth that some people probably um, expected, but it, it is being used. I think, from my understanding of the .NET, uh, you know, Monero has taken some traction, which is clear. I think a lot of... Just one second. Uh, we have here, at, at the current time right now, when the price isn't that, that big, and one Bitcoin is 34,000, 34, there seems to be here around 34 million uh, locked here, only in public channels, just to make it clear. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so it's, it's being used. I mean, it's not massive, but it's it's not um, it's not as insignificant. I think what he means by it's not being used is that that like there's a lot of places where people still pay with Bitcoin, and almost none of them have integrated Lightning. There's like a handful of people of places who do. You know, that's what I think he's referring to. You know, I think I, mean, I have this conversation a lot with Lightning. If you were to get a developer and ask him to build a blockchain, you could build a bad one in a day. Correct. I mean, 
It's quite simple. Now, the reason why Bitcoin is so complex, it's like design, building a sword. Me and you know nothing about hardware. We could knock out a sword in a day. But the perfect sword, it, yeah, it takes generations. And Bitcoin is the sharpened sword. You have to understand, building a cache on top of Bitcoin, which essentially Lightning is, is very complex. It's much more complex than Bitcoin. It's, you know, it's going to take a while for this to be robust. And, it's, and also, we don't have a use case. You're, you're, I do agree that we don't really have the use case for using Bitcoin in the circular economy isn't clear. And transaction fees have not been a problem. I mean, this bull run is relatively young. I mean, I think we were still around 10K up until September. So it's only now that Bitcoin transaction fees are starting to impact the likes of Pax4, the, the, the likes of, of, of people that do use Bitcoin day to day. The reason for that is also because a lot of exchanges started batching in later years. And that, yes. that, that saves a lot. No, but I think what, what Eric is trying to say here, I don't think he's criticizing Lightning as a technology. I think he's criticizing the fact that, that people who really do need it, like the darknet markets and whatever, and even Pax and whatever other real exchanges, they, they might need it, right? They are not using it. That's what he's trying to say. But at the moment, it's easier for the dark markets to switch to Monero. Uh, yeah, I think because, right. because the volumes in Monero are relatively small, so the transaction fees are relatively small. Now, yeah, I'm not anti-Monero. I think it's a great coin, but scalability-wise, it's worse than Bitcoin. It has a dynamic block size. If that thing was, if Monero was used aggressively, it would, you know, transaction fees would be more complex than the Bitcoin. And I think when we get to that point where Bitcoin transaction fees are a mess, you know, you are going to see these layer two solutions used. Yeah, it's, it's all about economics at the end of the day. There's not a need right now, but, but that is changing. Another reason why I don't think exchanges will still use Lightning very fast is because, so let's say you're, you're like an exchange, right? And mm -hmm. let's say you would allow somehow also Lightning payments. As soon as you did that, and, this, and we're not at a po point where um, these things are inseparable or they happen behind. There still mm -hmm. has to be two separated things. So that means you just have to, are going to have like 10,000 more support tickets just because of that, right? Mm -hmm. And then it's also the fact that, again, so let's say you allow this. What, what is a good Lightning wallet out there today, like for a mobile user? You know I mean, I'm, like, a, I'm a fan of the, the blue wallet. I think that's slick. Yeah, but does that one run a node on your, on your computer, on your phone? No, it doesn't. I don't, I don't know. I have to be honest, I haven't commented. I just, I, I think in London there was a presentation about it that you were there as well. Remember Coin Scrum? Uh, yeah. Are you talking, okay, what was it about? Or oh, you mean the, the blue, blue wallet? Yeah, yeah, the blue wallet. So that's where I kind of got into it there. But uh, Yeah, I don't know if I said the Dux, the, I'm not Duxing, he, he, he's a public, but the guy from, <laughs> the, the, the dude from Blue Wallet, he has like some fucked up things in his ear. You know what I'm trying to say? Yeah, he has, yeah, yeah, he has some weird. He, con he contacted us about state chains, to be fair. He's, he's a, really? Yeah, no, I mean, just very briefly on Telegram, he just yeah asked us about it and stuff. No, he's a great guy. I was just trying to, yeah. to make a comment or whatever. Well, there are, anyway, the point is that there's no wallet right now to use even if you would want to use. So it's, it's still going to be a, a few years until exchanges do this because you need to have wallets and a solid infrastructure all over for but, the users. But, but and then tra tra transaction fees will push innovation. That's what I'm, what I'm trying to say. Once, once this becomes a problem and it, it, it's needed, it, trust me, money will come in, VCs will get, pump out cash for this. This is, when, this is what will bring Lightning to the forefront. But you need that circular economy, which is the key. Yeah. The, uh, how, the way I imagine a circular economy happening is I think there's going to be more and more people who have more Bitcoin and mm -hmm. then their fiat and they're going to start spending it more and more so that, that's how we're going I think we're going to reach mm -hmm. a circular economy and then you're just going to be able to spend it everywhere you know mm -hmm. what's your take on this fucking like uh, cashback uh, websites 
I, I, I mean, I'm one of the guilty people who doesn't spend that much Bitcoin. So. That's fine. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I, I live in London. You know, my Visa card works fine. I still get paid a bit in fiat, so I just don't use them, if I'm honest. All right, okay, okay. That, that makes perfect sense, I guess. To be honest, the only time we use, I use Bitcoin for is... Yeah, actually, to be fair, we do pay... So we, we do have... Um, I mean, Commerce, we're a small team. We're only about five in, in the UK, but we do have people around the world who do work for us. We do tend to try and pay them in Bitcoin. So we do does use anyone, it for... Does anyone, if you can answer this, does anyone at your company take any portion of their salary in Bitcoin? Uh, I can't you don't have to answer. Okay, 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 that's cool. No, I mean, it's, I've got respect. Yeah, to be, we have talked about it. I mean, there, there are services that make that easy, like Bitwage and stuff. And uh, yeah, we, we, we're looking into it. I think. Is, there, is, I, is anyone generally interested in that or are they like, whatever, I'll figure out by myself? Yeah, of course, of course. And, you know, because of the lockdown, the kind of people, you know, we, we, we've got contractors. A lot of them have been outside of the UK and a lot of people like Bitcoin. So, you know, because I can't, we could, you know, we're basically a remote company, like every company now. Mm-hmm. So it's, bec- it's becoming more viable. You guys don't have the, the nice office anymore. You don't, you're not there anymore. No, no. It's, um, yeah. That was really lit when I was there. That was a cool office, by the way. Yeah, we can imagine the new rules there. Only one person allowed in the lift. I don't know, seven people in the office. It was like, okay, yeah, it's just not going to work. But, <laughs> yeah, fair enough. I mean, it's a problem for everyone, social distancing in an office. I just don't know how that's possible. So let's say things come back tomorrow. Are you guys going to get an office or are you just going to wing it like this for now? On? I've got used to it. I mean, look, I do miss the, the you know, you, you came to our office. It, you know, we had quite a good social scene there, drinks on a Friday after work, but. I, that's, that feels like so far away. Right. No, but I'm saying, like, do, do you think after this that, that you guys are going to switch back to an office or are you going to like just keep on going like this because it seems to work? I think we're going to go into it because I think, you know, okay, so I'm probably the only guy that actually lives in London in my team. A lot of the guys live quite outside of London. You know, to ask those people to start commuting an hour and paying £400 a month to commute to the office. It's, and the world's moved on, I think. All right. Okay. I mean, do you see the trains full again? I mean, I mean, can you imagine being in a train with full door to door with a mask on your face? I mean, that's that's a long way away. Yeah, I've been I've been in a train since lockdown. I went to I went somewhere, and it was weird. It was weird to see a, a train from London to somewhere that was almost empty. It was such a weird feeling, to be honest with you. Yeah, I think I think a lot of tech companies are not going to go back. I mean, what we joke about and it's not even an option is that we'll just do you know monthly meetups somewhere. But even that's not even possible now. So it's it's been a year, so it's it's changed. But I think tech I think it's it was always inevitable that tech companies would become more remote, you know, with you know, with the technology we have. It was always ridiculous that we probably were forced to go to offices and I guess the pandemic has made that a reality. Yeah, but there is something about being next to people when you work on a project mm-hmm. it brings it together in a weird way it really does even if you don't do anything just because you see your transfer it does bring you a bit closer. well we've we've had to adapt for example you know we do we do pair, pro, pair programming sessions which you know when we were in the office that would have been seen as evil but to force collaboration to force bouncing ideas what we do you do mean a lot. pair program i don't understand what it means so if you know about uh, i don't know if how much you know about test-driven development and agile development nothing so, yes you know they have these like one week sprints some of them are quite religious about like pair programming where two people look at the same code and work together. Okay. Now I've, I know companies that do that. Well, I was always the person, no bloody way. I want to listen to my music when I'm writing code. <laughs> yeah. I want to be in my own world, but what we've done to, you know, to kind of make it feel like we're more of a, a, a you know, especially the stuff we're doing on, on Mercury is quite complex and it's never been done before. You know, 
is some quite hardcore cryptography to kind of get the team working more collaboratively. We, we basically have a couple of pair programming sessions each week, like so for two hours. I mean, I don't write code anyway, but for two hours, you know, two of the guys would basically sit in front of their computer on a Zoom, on a Google Meets call and write software together. Okay. And it's just, a, uh, and it, you know, we, we've had to look into those things because of the, the, the way the world is now. And I think that's kind of forcing more collaboration, et cetera. All right. Okay. Fair enough. That makes sense. That makes sense. Mm -hmm. All right. Yeah. Well, um, I don't have any more topics to be honest with you. Okay. Uh, that is right. Do you want to talk about something else? No, no, I'm up to you guys. Okay. You, you use the plural all the time. I feel like this is like a reflex or something. It's, like, it's, I, it's just me. There's no you guys here. You know? All right. Just... Well, remember, even though I'm British, I live 12 years in the US. So I, 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 have a, I say things like guys in plural quite a lot. Okay. Okay. Fair enough. That, that, that's fair. All right, Nick. Okay. Well, th this was a pretty cool episode. Um, cool. We talked about a lot of things about also um, what you guys are going to do. I'm really curious. I really want to want to use the wad when it comes out. I'm really curious what's going to happen. Yeah, I mean, you you're an enemy. You need to find an enemy, dude. You need to find an enemy. Uh, and this is a product decision. You need to find someone to fight against and say, these are evil. And by using our product, you become good. That's the only way this is going to work. Think about it. Well, can we say transaction fees are evil? Of course you can. There we go. That's, that's, that's good. That's perfect. <laughs> well, I mean, look, layer two solutions are going to come because of evil transaction fees. And is that, is, is, would that satisfy you? I don't. We, I mean, it's, I don't, I, look. As far as I'm concerned, you you don't need to sell me on the product. I'm gonna try it. But if you're gonna uh, have a lot of people using it, this is how it works. I mean, you need to find them, form yourself a cult of what you're doing, uh, and people are gonna use it, and they're gonna tell other people to use it. Yeah, for look, if we get the wallet nice to use, if someone like you can use it and not think what the you know, and not it, we want it to be better than using, say, Electrum. Big fan of Electrum, but let's be honest, that's, a, that's an engineer's wallet, yeah? 100%. It's, okay. it's awful. It's like okay. I shoot myself every time I open it. <laughs> but yeah, okay. like if, here's the thing. If you, know what, if you know what you're doing and you need a wallet, you find anything there. You have yeah. a command line. You can broadcast. You can do anything. You can save PSBT, all good. But for a normal person, it's like, you know, too much. But funny, we worked with these designers. We spent a lot of time having like a, a GIF to demonstrate a state chain. It wasn't easy to do. And, you know, we'd, so do you have a GIF now that does that? Yeah, it's on the web, it'll be on the website. I mean, it's done. I mean, there's a lot of iterations because we, we worked with a designer who's, um, he, we were lucky to find him. He's actually done privacy wallets for other, other projects. Can you and, show me his name? Um, if you no, um, he works for a company. Well, I can tell you where, where, what his background is. You, you know I'm a fan of Decred, so mm -hmm. I, I don't hide that to you. Um, he, he did a lot of the, the, the design for the Decred privacy wallets. Uh, he works for a company called Eater based in Estonia. Yeah, really great. So having someone who's done a lot of privacy work and, you know, it was a big help. But there was a lot of sessions with him because he's, you know, he's an artist. He, he doesn't, he designs all the UIs, the stills, the images. So, you know, we worked with him and he's designed a video to kind of symbolize what a state chain is or a state coin is. And it's, I really want to see that. I'm so curious. Hit me up, by the way, when you have that. Send it to me on, on WhatsApp. Uh, I, can I can probably... Yeah, I can probably send it to you after this call because he's just done a 12-second GIF and then we're going to have that on the back, of the, the back end of the website. Okay, so. I have one more question if we want on this uh, designer talk. Are you familiar that Square have this, put this effort forward to create uh, these open source designer community? S sorry, Square, Square Crypto. Sorry, Square Crypto um, made an effort and gave some grants away and, and, f and formed, it, formed this open source designer community. Are you aware of it? 
Yeah, funny enough, they Square reached out to us, not about this. They reached out to us about, I don't want to get it right, about four months ago to join. They created this anti-patent yes, uh, yes, collaboration. And then, you know, they were very gracious. They basically said, look, do you want to do patents? And we were like, no, 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 we're not interested. And so we're going to do that once Mercury comes out, once Mercury's live. We'll, we'll be part of the kind of the... the, the, the the kind of we will make a pledge never to patent state chains and stuff like that. But so, wouldn't it be the idea to patent it just to avoid and, and somehow give it away just to avoid patent trolls? Yeah, so that's what we this is a conversation we had with um with Square. We'd probably do it if we were to do a patent, it'd be a, a defensive patent. Mm. That makes sense. Yeah. So we've painted it so so no commercial company can then say it's theirs, etc. Yeah. There are people who make a living out of like patent trolling, by the way. So yeah. Well, yeah. You, there's a company in London who has a who has a chief scientist that you just mentioned today's talk that does that. I think, isn't it? Engine, <laughs> no, but even outside of Bitcoin, like this is a, a yeah. pretty well-known thing. So yeah, and it's it's probably going to cost a lot of money. Well, anyway, okay, okay, Nick, this is it, pretty much. Uh, and uh, well, I don't know. This was a cool episode. I'm going to name this uh, some news and the Mercury Wallet. How about that? Oh, beautiful. Any, 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 anything about Mercury? I'm happy to yeah. tell the world. I really like, look, when this is out, let's do an episode where I use it and, and I, I, we can make fun and everything. That would be cool. Well, Freddie, Freddie Mercury music type stuff. Yeah, we can do that. I was just saying, like, use the wallet and whatever. But anyway. People actually okay. asked us where we came from the name of Mercury. Remember that movie about Freddie Mercury? Of course I do. And, you know, the CT, uh, Tom, who you've met, he's obviously a physicist, so he liked the Mercury thing. And then and that movie had just come out, so it just felt sense to call it Mercury. Yeah, that sounds like a good name. But Freddie Mercury also, that's not his real name. He picked that name himself. Yeah, yeah. yeah. All right, Nick. Well, thank you very much. Thank, thanks for doing this. It was really cool. Uh, I'm really happy we, we managed to sink into this episode, by the way, and it was pretty, pretty fun. So until next time, sell all your coins, do all the drugs. Fuck all your hookers. Be an outrageous person and keep slinging fucking dick out. All right. Let's uh, still move forward.